we are looking at teaching expositionally the entire Bible, the whole counsel of God. Let's go through it verse by verse and not just really reading through it with random comments and stories, but getting all of the word into our lives with a correlated understanding where the scripture unfolds scripture, cross-referencing, and with the emphasis that the Bible itself has. So we've been studying how Paul and others ministered. They ministered the word. They brought forth the word, the Lord himself, the Lord Jesus, um, and God the Father, and the work of the Holy Spirit. I think that God himself wants us committed to teaching the word of God is because what the word of God can do and what it's intended to do in people's lives. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the Psalms. Let's take a look at Psalm 19, a favorite passage of mine concerning the word of God, a passage that you love dearly, that you know as well. I know many of these students that I'm ministering to, that I'm teaching, and just simply reminding you of the things that you know and maybe stirring you up a bit. Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. Oh, how I love Psalm 19. Um, I just can't help but reflect on a few things I remember about Psalm 19 as I've read Charles Spurgeon and the Treasury of David, how he said 19, Psalm 19 is the, the world book and the word book as general revelation and special revelation are contained in Psalm 19. He begins in the earlier verses talking about um, general revelation and that uh, the world, the uh, universe declares the glory of God and the, you know so forth. But here he begins to talk about the law of the Lord generic terms, generic use to speak of the scriptures, the law of the Lord. It's kind of synonymous or synonym, uh, synonyms <laughs> as well, or synonymous terms with the word of God in general, testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, kind of just a generic use of the word law, um, like we We'll see in Psalm chapter one, his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law, he meditates day and night. You know, that's speaking about the very word of God, uh, which is different than the law of Moses or the Ten Commandments in the technical, precise, particular use of the term law, that specific list or explanation of laws that govern over us to live by. We're talking about the law of God. Uh, the the law um, of the Lord can can be used as you interpret it in context. The context determines the meaning. In this case, the law of the Lord speaks of the whole counsel of God. And so, how do you know? How do you interpret? How do you know the difference between the generic use when it's trying to say the whole Bible versus the law of Moses, just the Ten Commandments. Well, the context, again, uh, you know, without the context, you end up with the pretext. Uh, when we look at Psalm chapter 1 and what the law of the Lord can do in people's lives, we realize the Ten Commandments can't do the things that the law of the Lord um, would do if it was only speaking of the Ten Commandments. Same here. 
not talking about the Ten Commandments. He's talking about God's word in general, the law of the Lord, because it can, the, the law of the Lord is pervert, perfect. It converts a soul. Ten Commandments don't convert a soul. They were never intended to. They were merely there as a tutor to point to Christ. The law is, you know, uh, the whole message of the word of God uh, can convert a soul, but the Ten Commandments do not. Uh, souls need to be converted. They need to be holy. God is holy. And that's the easiest way that you can discern quickly this interpretation, whether it's a generic use where it's talking about the whole Bible or just particularly using that uh, phrase to speak of the Ten Commandments. And in this case, here in Psalm 19, we're, we're speaking of the whole, whole Word of God. And uh, we can... We could talk about this a little bit further, but let's just kind of go right into the scriptures. In these two verses, the structure is this. First, the character of the word is declared, then what it's able to do. Since the word of God is like this, it's able to do these things. What is the character of the word? The word, the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect. That is, it's flawless. It's infallible. Therefore, it's able to convert the soul. In other words, it's it's perfect. Nothing's missing from it. Nothing's wrong in it. It says everything God wants to say to man. It's perfect so that it can convert the soul. It turns lives back into what God intended lives to be. It makes people's lives what God desires for them. It 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 converts, changes, conforms, restores lives into what God intended. I'm telling you, the word of God has that ability and that power in your life and in mine. Listen to this. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. Again, the character of the word, it's sure. It's a sure thing. It'll do what it promises. Therefore, it can do these things. What things? Make wise the simple. And uh, it's sure. It's certain. The testimony of the Lord, it's, it's reliable. And because of that, it makes wise the simple. I love that. I love this. And I think many of us qualify Notice it doesn't make wise the wise. It makes wise the simple. A lot of brilliant people on earth and, you know, they can give a lot of attention to the Bible, but that doesn't make them wise because they know it all already. They don't see themselves as simple. If you think you know it all, if you think you're wise, you won't benefit from the word of God. The word makes wise the simple. I mean, God knows all, right? What do we know? Kind of simple. It's pretty easy to be qualified to benefit from the scripture. Praise God. Uh, this helps me a lot, just saying. And uh, categorize yourself in the category with the simple-minded. Because once you be believe you're brilliant, you've got it all together, you've got the answers, you're the answer man, you're going to find that the Bible becomes unrewarding. I mean, what can God tell you after all? You know it all already, but praise God. For those of us <laughs> who need a little more wisdom than what we've got, for those of us that need answers, need direction, need help from someone somewhere, and I know the truth from you listening, many of you that have spoken to me that I know your testimonies of what the Lord is showing you and 
getting to know some of you already, um, you fit right in this category. There's a humility in your life. And that's why you're seeking uh, just the accountability for a cl- from a classroom to grow in his word. You know, hey, God, I, I, I don't know, but you know, teach me, talk to me. I mean, that's the great uh, conversation to have. So the testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes wise the simple. And that's why we want to minister it to other people. That's why we want to share it. That's why we want to uh, declare it. The whole counsel of God. Verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, the Bible, teach it expositionally, let people know it, unleash it, watch it go to work. I love this next uh, phrase, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. More of the character of the word of God, the statutes are right. I mean, they're correct. I mean, this is the proper view of every issue that really matters in life, that has eternal um, consequence in life. It's right. So it rejoices the heart. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Just the more character, more of the character of the word of God. They're right, they're correct, and it brings joy to the heart. They're right, the statutes of the Lord. It's great to know for me and you, for all of us, it's great to know that we have a place to go to get the right answers. I remember before I was born again, I searched and searched. I wanted answers. When I found the word of God, the answers were so right, and they brought joy, rejoicing to my heart, to my life. It really did. It did for you. It does for me. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Um, just a, a more understanding of the character of the word of God is purity. No literature like the Bible. Other literature, even written by godly men, has some impurity in it. But coming, you know, um, people coming out of the world, it's just packed with impurity. But the word of the Lord, it's pure. Nothing unhealthy. It's all life-giving. It's all life-nurturing. It's all accurate. We can trust it. It's pure. So it enlightens the eyes. It brings a light to the countenance and a light to the eyes. Shows us the way to walk. And this is why we declare, proclaim, describe the word of God. We teach the Bible because of the character of the word of God. When we do that, Great things happen in the lives of people who take in the word of God. Let's jump into Psalm 119. And even um, as we go there, we're going to see there and elsewhere in the scriptures on the rightness, the necessity, the value, the blessing of ministering the whole counsel of God, taking it in and giving it out. And as we study these scriptures, um, this issue of teaching expositionally, teaching the whole Bible, encouraging you and me. God is saying, my child, my son, my daughter, take it all in and then get into all the word and then uh, get all the word, get into the word, <laughs> let the word get into you. And then when you minister, have a passion to get the word of God out to people. Teaching expositionally, the whole counsel of God 
getting it out. Let's do that. Psalm 119. Let's begin in verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, just even reading that, there's a conviction in my life. Just reading, reading Psalm 119, I'm thinking, Lord, um, there's an area that my attitude or this area that is just not right. And so I want to hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. This is real to me. I'm not just reading the word of God. Uh, there's a convicting work in the word of God, even as I read it. And as you, as, as we, as I hide the word of God, as I hide the word of God in my heart, as you hide the word of God, the word of God will increasingly keep, keep us from sinning against him. Hiding the word in our hearts. It's, it's easy to think we're talking about memorization. I remember I was in Twin Peaks in 1995, and I first began to learn how I used the scripture, um, the topical memory system, where you had these little cards, this little packet. What I loved about it, it was more than memorization. It was about meditation. That's how you hide the word of God in your heart. And I remember, I'll never forget, as I read, um, you know, uh, Colossians you know, one twenty-eight. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me or for me. Um, I remember memorizing that, but I also remember uh, walking and talking with the Lord about it. It took three days per verse, two verses a week is the topical memory system. And you would meditate on it and you would pray through it. And I'd say, Lord, what do you mean crucified with you? You know, what do you mean you gave yourself for me? And I would talk to him and he would reveal to me and, and we would converse on it and it would become part of my heart. And I love people that can uh, memorize huge passages of scripture. I taught the book of Colossians uh, at Marietta. Uh, a few times I taught Colossians, and I remember one year, instead of or in lieu of the final exam, you can memorize the book of Colossians and just stand in front of the class and recite it. Nobody's going to do that, right? Four students did it, and they literally, word for word, because that was the requirement, New King James, or pick your version, everybody was New King James at that time, uh, now you don't know what anybody's reading anymore, but at that moment it was New King James and we were all on the same page. We we're all reading the same translation. It just made life a little easier. Um, not that one's better than the other necessarily, but it was just a good way to get on the same page. We were reading the same thing and it was easier to even use uh, the Greek manuscript. Uh, uh, what is it? The Stephens 1550 uh, manuscript. That's the New Testament I like, uh, but that I, I, um, I think I'm diverting. I'm, I'm going on a rabbit trail. But the point is that these guys could read verse by verse. I love that, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's always been difficult for me. But there are many verses on my heart, and they're hidden in my heart, and it's more than memorization. It's kind of the other way around. I mean, I need them. 
they enabled me to make it. <laughs> they caused me to to grow, to be strengthened where when I was weary and weak, gave me hope when I was ready to give up. And I tell you, um, I needed to be revived. You know, I, I'll never forget reading that passage, and we'll get to it here in Psalm 119. Uh, Lord, my soul, it clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. And there have been times I've had to, uh, you know, I was clinging to the dust. I had to read them and reread them and pray through them. Even my wife would would print them out on uh, eight and a half by eleven and post them around the house, different verses to encourage me because I felt like I was in miry clay. I've gone through some battles in ministry that I thought it was all over. God was done with me. He was going to push me aside. You know, I've had mean people can be mean in the ministry. You'd be surprised if you're not in very long in the ministry. Uh, There's some mean people and, you know, and, and the same time I could have the wrong reaction and there could be, uh, it could cause me to just go, uh, you know, inward and hide. People have been critical um, of me. And I have found that as I've read the word, that they became part of my heart and I carried them with me and they would get me through the day. And now they're easy to remember because they've saved my life, really. Memorizing and hiding are not the same thing. They're related You can memorize and not hide it in your heart. How do you hide it in your heart? You just take it in as a treasure at the deepest part of your being. And it's saying, Lord, what you say to me, I want that to shape me, to change me, to build me, to edify, to transform me. I'm, Lord, treasuring your word. I'm counting on your word. And it's a deep uh, deep calling unto deep, a deep within. I want to take the priceless, life-giving, life-changing word of God. Now that is hiding God's word in our hearts. And if we take the word, if we cherish it, if we reverence God, if we read it with reverential attentiveness and bring it deep into our being, the word will protect us from sinning against the Lord. That's why we want to get it in our lives and get it out to everybody. Psalm 119, verse 24, your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Oh, when we're, this is my passion is biblical counseling. But more than that, I, I, I see counseling as synonymous with one-on-one discipleship. And that's really what it is, counseling discipleship. The, the word of God uses two two um, Greek words in the New Testament for counseling. Uh, Nuthateo, which means admonish or counsel by confrontation. And parakaleo, which means comfort, counsel with comfort. Both those words in the New Testament in some translations um, are counsel. And that's how we counsel with a combination of the two, one or the other. And we'll spend a lot of that time in my biblical counseling courses. Your testimonies, the word of God, is how God gets his counsel into our lives. He's the counselor. How does he counsel us? Through the word of God. God wants to counsel us, but he wants his word to become our counselor. It's not some expert 
or therapist that becomes an expert on man. God is the expert. He's the wonderful counselor, Isaiah 9, 6, and he wants to do it through his word. And he, and he wants us delighting in his word. And then he wants to counsel us through his word. Every one of us, not just the weirdos or the people that have issues. Every one of us needs counsel time and time again, day in and day out. I have a long list I need God's counsel on. In the family of God, we're to come to one another seeking counsel, but it's to be counsel from the Lord. And when you want to help people, and when you want people to help you, whether it's a pastor, teacher, or anybody else, you want it to be centered on the Word of God. Let the Lord counsel people when you counsel them through the Word of God. And that's why we want to get the Word of God out. What I love about the Calvary Chapels is that we've never put an emphasis on biblical counseling. Why? Because if 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 uh, students or people or the congregation is showing up every Sunday and every Wednesday, the counsel comes directly from the pulpit because it's the word of God. It's through the word. God counsels in his word. He directs, he guides, and he instructs lives through the whole counsel of God. The problem we've got today, and this is a change from yesteryear, and one of the things that the Calvary chapels flourished on were the Sunday morning, the Sunday night, the Wednesday night. There were three times a week people would show up at church. I know I did, and I still do or want to, but not a lot of people are busy and they don't have um, a hunger or an appetite for the word like they used to. It used to be three times a week. Now it's three times a month, if that, that most of the general garden variety uh Christian shows up to church. It's really, there's been a change in culture. And that's why there's a greater and greater need for this biblical counseling discipleship because people are going to wait until they fall apart and their life's a mess and they're going to come in for counsel. The first thing I'm going to say is show up to church. Yeah, but I work or I got this, I got that. It's like, well, then when you're ready, when you're really ready to find transformation and hear God's counsel, you got to show up. And I'll work with people, but they need to show up. They need to be at church. Psalm 119, verse 25, because this is my testimony and many people's testimonies. It's right here. Read that verse with me. I'm going to grab a drink of water before I read Psalm 119, verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have this hidden in my heart. And so what happens? I'm ruined. I mean, I'm ruined for the gospel. I'm ruined in a good way. When I am face first, buried down in the dirt, what lifts me up? I know it's the word of God. When I'm feeling kind of lifeless, I say, revive me according to your word. People get buried. They get face down in the dirt, as it were, many times. And it'll happen again. That's why this verse is memorized and uh, meditated upon and hidden in my heart. I need to be revived, and I know how it comes. It's by the word of God. According to, notice this, according to, great phrase, repeated often in Psalm 119, according to, can be 
translated by the resources of, or by the power of, according to, or by the power of, or according to the resources of your word. Your word is able. It has a power. It's living. It's able. It's a resource. It actually brings life. According to the life of the word of God that it has in it, it contains. According to the life of God and his Holy Spirit that can come into us and through us by the word of God. It revives us. And uh, there's a level of truth and hope. According to that level of truth and hope that the word of God contains, uh, according really to the power of God, this is why people need to hear the word of God. There's nothing like having a soul revived when it clings to the dust by the word of God. 